Good morning, everybody. Um, it's great to be with you today and to share God's um, word with you. Um, we're going to read from Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, so you might like to have that ready. Um, but before we do, let me just pray. God, our Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray now, as we look at it together, that you will help us to understand it, that you will apply it to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit that he will be our teacher this morning. Please guide us and help us to have ears that are listening to you. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 1. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered round Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the traditions of the elders. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the traditions of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, You have a fine way of settling aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honour your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is Corban, that is, devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like that. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather it, is that what, rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. 
All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, please do keep your Bibles open at Mark chapter 7. Well, what has this reading about hand-washing, eating certain foods, got to do with you and me in 21st century London? It would be so easy for us to dismiss this. But Jesus, I think, has something deeply relevant to every one of us. So please listen in. Recently, we've all become experts, haven't we, in the importance of cleanliness, of washing our hands regularly. Well, in Jesus' day, there were rules about this, about what you could touch and what you could eat. You can get it wrong, and it could make you unclean in the community and unclean before God. Most of these rules seem pretty weird to us. So let's ask, what were they for? Well, they were meant to be a kind of visual aid to remind people that they were spiritually and morally unclean and they couldn't just enter the presence of God unless there was some kind of spiritual clean-up. It was a, a visual aid. Let me put it like this. If you had a big date to go on or an important interview, what would you do? You'd probably wash, wouldn't you? You'd comb your hair, you'd brush your teeth, but get your best suit on. You don't want to turn up with a stain or, or a bad odour or spinach stuck in your teeth. Well, the cleanliness laws pointed to the fact that for God's presence, we need a clean-up. So first of all, let's ask, what needs cleaning? What needs cleaning? Verse 14. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. Now, of course, today people find the idea of defilement a problem because we don't think in these kind of categories. We basically think if humans is good, we say, well, I might not be up there with Mother Teresa or the Pope, but I pay my taxes, I give to charity, and I've not cheated on anyone. And yet, of course, the truth is we all wrestle with guilt, with feelings of shame, of not having quite made the grade, that my life is stained and unfit for view, that somehow I'm going to be rejected. I know I struggle with those feelings. Instead of understanding the truth of Jesus' word, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them, we tend to shift the blame. We blame things outside of us, our education. I went to the wrong school or... We blame our upbringing. My parents didn't love me. Or we blame the system. It was Thatcher's fault or Blair's fault that they let me down. Of course, these factors may have affected us dreadfully. But there's no escaping the fact that we all have a sense of being unclean on the inside. Look with me at verse 18. Are you so dull, Jesus says, Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their hearts, but into their stomach and then out of the body. Verse 20. 
He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile them. I wonder if you, like me, have moments when you look at the world and you, you want to scream, what's wrong with people? Or you want to cry out, why is this relationship being a mess? Well, Jesus in Mark 7 gives us the answer. It's the human heart. And unlike something on the outside, we can't just take our hearts out and clean them with detergent. I um, have a number of books on the go at once, and some of the books just take ages to read. I'm in the middle of a big book by Alexander Slincy, a book called The Gulag Archipelago. It's taking me ages because it's really just an awful read. It's the historical accounts of the forced labour camps under the Soviet regime. It's estimated that one and a half million people died. And he writes this. Gradually, it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. So often, we want to make lines separating the good people here from the bad people there. But Jesus doesn't allow us to do that. He says, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. So what needs cleaning? The answer is, the human heart needs cleaning. But secondly, let's think about the wrong approach to cleanliness. The like uh, the religious teachers, we still persist in trying to use external ways to address the sense of uncleanness. Let me give you three examples in which we approach cleanliness in the wrong way. Number one, religion. We can say to ourselves, I'm going to stay away from those dirty people over there go to church, give to charity, and basically God will see how good and worthy I am and he'll accept me. No. That's what the teachers of the law were doing. And it will never work because we can never be good enough. In fact, in our reading, Jesus shows how the Pharisees and the teachers of the law ignored other parts of the law for their own gain. That's that reference to money that should have been used for parents. In the end, religion, external rule-keeping, will leave you either thinking you're better than anyone else, or it'll leave you thinking you're anxious and doubting whether you've done enough to be worthy of God. It won't work. The second external is the political we say, what's wrong with the human society? It's not the human heart. It lays in our social structures, in the, in the lack of education. And what we need is a progressive politics. We can solve every situation through science and technology. 
history tells us, whether it's capitalism or socialism, whether it's the left or the right, whether it's Brexit or Remain, remember that, the sins of the human heart will just express themselves differently in each system. It won't work. Thirdly, identity. We say, if we get an identity, we'll feel better inside ourselves. What's wrong with me is what people see me as. So we have a makeover, we change our name, we dye our hair, we construct an external view from the popular culture around us so we can feel better about ourselves. But it doesn't work because we're trying to work from the outside in. It's just another wrong approach to cleaning ourselves, to make ourselves somehow presentable before the living God, whether we believe he's there or not. You see, we try all these to cleanse ourselves, being religious, doing good deeds, by forcing a new world system, or by giving ourselves a new look, an identity. But it will not work. It can never work. Jeremiah 2, verse 22, starkly concludes this. Although you wash yourself with soap and use an abundance of cleansing powder, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Sovereign Lord. So let's think, finally, thirdly, the only approach to cleanliness. What's the only approach? Well, look again with me at verse 19 as Mark the writer makes a very rare editorial comment. He says, in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. We need to know here that Jesus had an incredibly high view of the Bible. The cleanliness laws were part of the Bible. So why is Jesus declaring all foods clean now? Remember what we said earlier about the purpose of those laws. They were a visual aid to point to our own uncleanness. Jesus would never say, I'm abolishing them. No. He's saying, the cleanliness laws have been fulfilled. Their purpose was to get us to see our real need of inner spiritual cleanliness so we can be ready for the very presence of God. And Jesus is coming here and saying, in himself, he's fulfilling the requirements How does he do this? How does he fulfill them? Simply through heart surgery. On Wednesday, there was a change in law for organ transplants. I don't know whether you saw it. It's now automatic unless you opt out. The BBC had the story of Hannah Sharma, 29, who was waiting for heart transplant. She was seriously ill. She couldn't fight off the infection. She couldn't go for walks. She couldn't do anything. And her heart could stop at any time. Finally, after a long wait, she got the operation. And afterwards, she said this. I remember sitting in my bed and hearing it, thinking, I hear my heart. It's so loud. It's mine. But it's not mine. I can never get my head around that. Heart surgery is radical. For Hannah, it was the difference between life and death. In the same way for us, who have a spiritually unclean heart, this is the difference between life and death, between heaven and hell. External changes 
tinkering around the edges. It will never work. There is no power in this world that can make a bad heart good. No. There must be heart surgery. A new heart. This was just as God said he would do in Ezekiel 36 when he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. You see, the issue has never been the rules you keep, but it's the heart you have. What we need is a new heart. How does Jesus do that? In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus became sin for us. Not sinful, but becomes sin for us. He becomes unclean so we can become clean. Jesus on the cross is saying, I'll take all that uncleanliness in your heart, all the stains, all the things that keep you from God, the sin and the rebellion in your heart, and I'll take it on myself and I'll exchange it. I will give you a new heart in return and that will make you right before God, fit for his presence. It's heart surgery. You see, our evil hearts deserve the judgment of God. But the Bible tells us, because God so loved us, he sent Jesus into the world to the cross to die in our place, to take the judgment for our uncleanliness, for our dirty hearts. And in return, he gives us his righteousness. He gives us this new heart. Do you sense this morning you are in heart failure? Are you living with specific failures in your past that make you feel unclean? Things you have been trying to kind of wash away using those external approaches. Perhaps you're fighting the stains of your heart, the uncleanliness of some of those things, sexual immorality, of theft, of murderous desires, of cheating on someone of lewdness, cheap talk, of envy and greed and slander and arrogance and folly. You might be trying to cover it up in using the external approach. Well, it just won't work. Or maybe you're trying to ignore the reality of an evil heart. In a heart transplant surgery, the doctor talks about the risk of organ rejection, that the body might reject the heart. Of course, for patients, that would be deadly. You see, Jesus is offering us a a, a new heart. Don't reject it. Don't ignore it, because that would be deadly. Instead, receive the new heart Jesus offers today, the one he exchanged for you at the cross, And it will transform your life from the inside. And you too will find that you cry out. I hear my heart. It's so loud. It's mine, but it's not mine. I can never get my head around that. Let's pray.
Father God, in many ways we'll never get our heads around what you did at the cross. But we thank you that Jesus died for us, taking our unclean hearts and giving us a new heart, one fit for your presence. Father God, there, there will be people listening who have not believed and trust in Jesus. Please bring them now to a place where they can receive this inner cleansing of a new heart, found totally free in Jesus, so that they may say, it's mine, but it's not mine, because it's a gift from Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. In his precious name we pray. Amen.